Good evening, this is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We are going to continue today in our book reading of Billy Graham and His Friends, written by Dr. Kathy Burns. A Different Jesus Schuler's Crystal Cathedral actually houses the offices for a group called Christians and Muslims for Peace, C-A-M-P, Camp. Schuler told Ayman Alfred Muhammad of the Muslim American Society he wouldn't be bothered if he came back in a hundred years and found that his descendants were Muslims. In fact, Schuler has recommended and written a foreword to the book More in Common Than You Think, which declares that Christians and Muslims are all one in our true worship of God. He even had the author appear on his August 28th 1999 program. Bill Baker, the founder of Camp and a Schuler associate, says that Camp hopes to help Christians and Muslims discover the common ground shared by both great religions. What common ground is there between Christians and and Muslims? It is true that some Muslims believe that Jesus was a wonderful person. In one Islamic pamphlet is the question, What do Muslims think of Jesus? The answer is, Muslims think highly of Jesus and his worthy mother Mary. God's other gifts to him included healing the blind and the sick, reviving the dead, making a bird out of clay, and most importantly, the message he was carrying. Those miracles were given to him by God to establish him as a prophet. That doesn't sound too bad, although it is not completely scriptural. But then he adds, according to the Quran, he was not crucified but was raised into heaven. But the Bible tells us in dozens of places that Jesus was crucified. So the Jesus the Muslims revere is a different Jesus. Another Islamic paper states, We believe that Jesus will come back to this world and proclaim himself to be a Muslim, and then he will die and be resurrected with all of us on the day of judgment. Then, for a Muslim, the birth of Jesus is no more than one of the creation of God as told in the Quran. The similitude of Jesus before God is that of Adam. He created him from dust, then said to him, Be, and he was. Muslims do not believe Jesus is God or the Son of God or God incarnate. Many people believe that Jesus lived on earth as a human. The problem is not in believing in Christ's existence, in believing that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, John 3.16, and that there is no salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Admitting that the scriptures teach this, where the problem comes in, is where the problem comes in. In fact, there are many who name the name of Christ who are not saved. Matthew seven twenty one through 23, 4 warns us, Not every one that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I confess, profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. As one author wisely stated, we should never respect those views which the Bible teaches are morally wrong. They are from Satan.
Today, Christians are asked to respect views of those who practice other religions, or we are considered intolerant. Quote, it is what we have in common with other religions that is important, but what Christianity has that is different, which is essential to salvation. It is the death of Christ for our sins and his resurrection, which are important, and we must tell those of other faiths this fact, because without their acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior, they will not be saved. The word of God given us in the Bible is the only religious view a Christian should respect, for it is the only truth and there can be no other." Unquote. We're closer to Islam. Billy Graham himself has said that Muhammad Ali's belief in Islam are something we could all believe. Maybe we can all believe these ideas, but will they lead us to heaven? That is the important question. On May 30th, 1997, on the David Frost program, Graham said, Quote, I think Islam is misunderstood, too, because Muhammad has a great respect for Jesus, and he called Jesus the greatest of the prophets except himself, and I think that we're close to Islam than we really think we are. We're closer to Islam than we really think we are. Unquote. Returning to Schuler, we see that on December 17, 1991, he gave his speech at the Abu Nur Mosque in Damascus, Syria. The crystal... Cathedral Ministries reports that this is the first time a Christian leader has been invited by the Grand Mufti to speak at the Holy Mosque. Schuler said, We have all failed, Christians and Muslims, to treat each other with respect and dignity, but now that must change. After this speech, Schuler did an interview with Larry King for his Christmas Eve 1999 program, which was broadcast live from the Mormon Tabernacle. I don't... Uh, okay. In Salt Lake City, Schuler himself was in Bethlehem for this program. Referring to meet with the Grand Mufti, Schuler begged, bragged, I have seldom met with a man whom I felt an in immediate kinship of spirit and an agreement of faith with philosophy quite like I have with the Grand Mufti of the Muslim faith. Schuller said that he was hoping to get the Jewish rabbi and the Muslim Grand Mufti to meet together. When Larry King asked him if Bethlehem gave him encouragement, he responded, quote, Oh, absolutely. When the chief rabbi of Israel wants to meet with the top Christian and Muslim leaders, this is marvelous. When the Grand Mufti would invite me to preach the sermon in his mosque on holy days, that he would sit and often hold my hand while I was talking, and here was the Roman Catholic Patriarch and the Patriarch of the Orthodox Church and the Patriarch of the Syrian Orthodox Church and the Protestant members, minister of the town. This is a remarkable thing that's happening. Schuler then added, We, religious leaders, must begin to say, I'm not trying to convert other religious people to my viewpoint. How do we come home? Schuler also promotes the fellowships with other false cults besides Islam. For instance, Schuler has appeared as a main speaker for the Unity School of Christianity, 
New Age annual conference ridiculing evangelical Christianity at Unification Church, Mooney's function with the sun, mind, moon, and at interfaith prayer break breakfast at the Mormon Tabernacle. He even dedicated a new unity temple in Warren, Michigan. When the Pope went to Los Angeles, California in 1987, Schuler said, it's time for Protestants to go to the shepherd, Pope, and say, what do we have to do to come home, unquote. Later, Schuler made a special trip to Rome to ask the Pope's blessing on the building plans for his crystal theater, uh, cathedral. In 1998, Schuler once again met with the Pope hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart, at the Vatican. This was his fourth visit to see Pope John Paul II. Schuler has had New Agers like Norman Cousins and Gerald Gomblowski on his program, as well as pro-communist Armin Hammond. It was Dr. Armin Hammer who first opened the doors for Robert Schuler in Russia in 1989. Dr. Schuler was the first foreign pastor to preach to the Russian people on television on December 24, 1989. The Los Angeles Times, May 23, 1987, reported that on Hammer's 87th birthday, Schuler said, this is the kind of birthday party the Lord would throw if he could afford it. Are you serious? Yeah, they're really so good. Wow. Was Schuler trying to infer that Christ wasn't as wealthy as Hammer was? <sighs> Schuler also interviewed communist Mikhail Gorbachev on the October 22nd, 2000 Hour of Power program. Schuler pressed him to acknowledge that he is not an atheist, but an avowed Leninist. Atheist Gorbachev would not do so. Schuler later remarked that Gorbachev calls himself an atheist, but 11 years ago, as one of the most powerful men in the world, God used this atheist in a mighty way. At the end of this interview, an interesting handshake took place. Schuler and Gorbachev gave an extended handshake with appeared to be a Masonic in nature. This really isn't surprising to me, since Schuler's mentor was a 33rd degree Mason, Norman, Vincent Peale. Schuler himself is a 33rd degree Mason. Also, Schuler has had Burl Ives on his program. He, too, was a Demoloy, a 33rd degree Mason, and a communist. On that Hour of Power program, Schuler asked Ives, of all the great honors and awards that you have received in your life, in your long and successful career, what do you hold as the highest? Brother Ives replied, when they made me a master mason. Wow. One Masonic brochure added about this Hour of Power program. It was one of the finest testimonials masonry has ever known, unquote. He even had Satanist Sammy Davis Jr. Hmm, did he really? On his program. Davis was such a fervent member of the Church of Satan for a time, he wore a satanic bafflement medallion on stage and actively proselytized the cause, setting up dinner meetings at his Los Angeles home between Anton LaVey and various movie and entertainment personalities. Wow. Schuler's advisory board, 1989 to 1990, included a Mormon, 
George Romney, Masons, Norman Vincent Peale and Clement Stone, and New Agers such as John Templeton, etc. In 1997, more than 80 gay and lesbian pastors and lay leaders from the Metropolitan Community Churches participated in the Robert Schuler's Institute for Successful Church Leadership at Schuler's Crystal Cathedral. Also, Schuler does not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, and he maintained that Jews and other non-Christians can get to heaven without saving faith in Jesus Christ. Great Man of God In an article entitled, Is Robert Schuler, Robert H. Schuler a Heretic? by Dr. Joseph Chambers, we find, quote, his, Schuler's, is nothing but dressed-up humanism. Religious humanism is much worse than secular humanism because of the religious language used to convey the message is a seductive and evil, unquote. Does any of this seem to bother Billy Graham? Apparently not. Remember, as mentioned earlier, Graham himself said of Schuler, this is no one, there is no one in all the world I love in Christ more than I do Bob Schuler. He has done some of the greatest things for the kingdom of God of any man in our generation. Hmm. About 20 years later, Graham was still singing Schuler's praises. Quote, Robert Schuler is a great man of God whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop and loose. Unquote. In fact, Graham encouraged Schuler to start his own TV program, Hour of Power. An interview with Schuler appeared in USA Today when he was asked, How did you begin televising your services? Schuler responded, In September 1969, Billy Graham had a crusade in Anaheim, which he was televising. I found that fascinating. And out of that came his suggestion that we start doing it week to week for the benefit of the people who couldn't come out and attend church. Graham made a personal appearance on Schuler's 1,000th anniversary program, relating how he had encouraged Schuler 20 years earlier when he said, Bob, why don't you think of telecasting your services? When USA Today asked Schuler, and what was the secret to his success, he remarked, we know the things the major faiths can agree on. We try to focus on those things without offending those with different viewpoints. This sounds plausible, but remember, only Christianity accepts Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God. All other religious deni religions deny this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John chapter 14, verse 6. Again, other religions oppose this doctrine. For Schuler to find common ground with Jews, Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, etc., he cannot preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because then he would offend those with different viewpoints. Of course, Graham tries to find his own common ground. In an interview with Charlie Gibson on Good Morning America in 1998, he told Gibson that Muslims and Jews can be saved by finding God in their own worship systems. A few years prior to this, Graham had gone to India, and he assured the Indians that he was not going to proselytize any Hindus. I thought Graham's crusades were for the only purpose of winning souls lost souls to Christ, but if he is only preaching to the Christians in India, what is the reason for all the expense that he goes into a crusade? 
Since Graham and Schuler both straddle the fence, I guess it's no surprise to find Graham invited Schuler to speak at Amsterdam's 83. Worse yet, he allowed Schuler to present copies of his self-esteem book. Some excerpts were given earlier to thousands of evangelists who attended the conference. Jimmy Carter covered several of the individuals who were on the platform with Graham at Graham's Atlanta Crusade. They were Coretta Scott King, Andrew Young, Joseph Lowry, and Robert Schuller. Another person who was there was Jimmy Carter. Carter claims that the most important factor in his life is his relationship with God, and when asked if he would give up politics for Christ, he responded with, no. Mm-hmm. Quote, Carter has been extremely active in his Southern Baptist Church since he joined at the age of 10. He was a Sunday school teacher when he was 16 and a deacon in his 20s, and yet he says he was not born again until 1967, more than 30 years after becoming a local Christian leader. Carter does not accept the inerrancy of the Bible, a basic doctrine of Southern Baptists. He is emphatically not a fundamentalist, unquote. As a politician, Carter was a supporter of the Feminist Equal Rights Amendment. The July 1976 issue of Playgirl magazine calls Jimmy Carter their feminist candidate because he has pledged to support virtually every issue of importance to the women's movement. Although he claims to be against abortion, he has even refused to oppose the federal funding of abortions. In fact, after his election, Carter appointed a pro-abortionist activist, Sarah Weddington, to the position of assistant to the president. Weddington was led and was lead attorney in the Roe versus Wade, which resulted in legalization of abortion in America and the murder of millions of unborn babies. Carter said that he didn't want to legalize marijuana, but went on to say that he favored decriminalizing it, which meant that someone possessing the drug for personal use would not be considered a criminal. One author summed up Carter's 1976 campaign like this. Quote, the Carter platform is, in fact, tailor-made to bring socialism to America. And while the vast body of voters has no idea this is true, one group has seen through the PAP being ground. Let's see, that doesn't make any sense. One group has seen through the gap, I'm thinking, being ground out for the masses to the lean to lean Marxist meat on the inside. Three days after Amazing Mr. C. Carter tied a bright red bow around the Democratic Convention, the Socialist Party of America, now marching under the more acceptable banner of Social Democrats USA, endorsed the forward-thinking ticket of Jimmy Carter and Walter Mondale. Indeed, so enthusiastic was socialists by the Carter promise that they decided against running any national ticket this year, urging the members instead to campaign for the peanut political, unquote. Tom Hayden told a CBS reporter that while he himself didn't know much about the peanut vendor, his close friends say Honest Jim Carter is 100 times more liberal than he appears to be. Tom Hayden, by the way, is a leftist and is the ex-husband of socialist Jane Fonda. He said, quote, communism is one of the options that can improve people's lives, unquote. He belonged to the communistic group called Students for a Democratic Society. It's his friends who knew that Carter was a radical liberal. 
quote, Jimmy Carter's, relig Jimmy Carter's religious convictions are as puzzling as the strange dichotomy between his words and his deeds in the political arena. He is a born-again Christian whose favorite theologian is the ultra-modernist ultra Reinhold Niebuhr, former professor at Union Theological Seminary. He was a founder of Americans for Democratic Action, had a list of communist front affiliations, as long as your arm, and who openly derided born-again believers. Nehirubu, he died the inerrancy of the Bible, the divine conception of Christ, his virgin birth, his boldly resurrection, his bodily resurrection as the Son of God. For Carter to call himself a born again believer, whose favorite theologian is Reinhard, is like a rabbi saying his favorite politician is Hitler. I agree. Karl Barth. Carter also admire, admired Karl Barth, who said the Bible was fallible and filled with historic and scientific blunders and theological contradictions. Paul Tillich and Soren Kierkegaard, all liberal, liberals who led the God is Dead movement during the 1960s, Barth also denied the virgin birth. Not only did Barth reject the doctrines of Christianity, but he had a mistress, Charlotte Kirchenbaum, whom he moved into his house over the strenuous objections of his wife, and also lived with Charlotte in a with Charlotte in a mountain cabin every summer. Barth betrayed his loyal followers in Eastern Europe and told them to submit to the authority of the communists. He and his lovely assistant Charlotte had been reds all along at the historical documents show as the historical documents show. In spite of Barth extolling communism, Billy Graham has praised him. A person greatly influenced by Barth was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and since we are told that Billy Graham was affected by Bonhoeffer, it would do us good to see what Bonhoeffer believed. Rick Meisel writes, quote, Bonhoeffer's writings are credited with helping to father the death of God theology, which was popularized by the Anglican bishop, John A.T. Robinson in the 1960s decade. Bonifer was in reality a practical atheist and religious humanist who denied virtually every cardinal doctrine of the historic Christian faith. Declaring that it was impossible to know the objective truth about Christ's real nature and essence, Bonifer proclaimed that God was dead. His religious terminology may appear to be evangelical, but its substance was Existential. From Bonifard's book, we discover. And where was I at? <laughs> oh, we discover that he questioned the virgin birth and, in reality, denied it. He denied the deity of Christ. He advocated that Jesus Christ today is not a real person and being, but a corporate presence. He denied the sinlessness of Christ's nature and further questioned the sinlessness of his earthly behavior. He believed that Christianity is not exclusive, that Christ is not the only way to God. He was an evolutionist and believed that the book of Genesis was scientifically naive and full of myths. He had no faith in the physical resurrection of Christ. He believed that the resurrection was one of the mythological elements of Christianity and that must be interpreted in such a way as not to make a religion 
or a precondition of faith. He also believed that the resurrection is not the solution of the problem of death and that such things as miracles and the ascension of Christ were mythological conceptions as well. Under Dietrich Bonhoeffer's name in the Dictionary of Ecumenical Movement, published by the World Council of Churches, 1991, there are 29 page listings referring to him as his and his contributions to the ecumenical movement. After reading the next chapter, you will probably not be surprised to learn that Bonifer had studied theology at Union Theological Seminaries, UTS. One of, his, one of the professors at UTS was Paul Tillich, who was admired by Carter. His Communist Front Associations may be found listed in the Cumulative Index of the Committee of an Un-American Activities. He was also a signer of a letter to repeal the McCarran Act, which was printed in the Daily Worker, the official mouthpiece of the Communistic Party. On April 27, 1999, Carter was on the NBC Today show. He said that many of us who are not Christians worship the same God. In alluding to having his once met with him once met with Israel's being and Israel's Sadat, not Israel's, I'm sorry, Egypt's Sadat. He adds that they were all compatible since we worship the same God. In fact, all the Muslims revere Christ. Jesus said he shouldn't, he shouldn't condemn anyone. In Carter's book, Living Faith, he wrote, Of course the fellowship of faith is even larger than the Christian world. Carter's November 22, 2000 letter mentioned the Carter Center, which he brags was attended by members of over 20 Christian denominations, diverse Jewish groups, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and Baha'is and members of many other faiths. These different groups found common ground in establishing peace and preventing human suffering. In Living Faith, he also states that he has no problem believing that the earth is ancient and that human beings have evolved from primitive ancestors. Carter, like Coretta Scott King, has endorsed a New Age book from Barry Hoffman. In his inaugural address for governor, he proclaimed a Martin Luther King Jr. Day in Georgia, and he also announced that he'd hang a portrait of King in the Capitol building. On another occasion, he remarked, I would, I would not be where I am today if it were not for Martin Luther King Jr., Carter also belonged to the Better World Society, the Council of Foreign Relations, CFR, and the Trilateral Commission, TC. These groups are working for a one-world government. As President Carter filled his cabinet with CFR members, his National Security Advisor, uh, Zygbignu Brzezonowski, was both a CFR and TC member. In fact, Brzezonowski was the founding director of the TC. In his book, Between Two Ages, America's Role in the Tectonic, or Technotronic Era, Benzowski wrote, uh, quote, <clears throat> Marxism represents a further vital and creative stage in the maturing of man's universal vision. Marxism is simultaneously a victory of the external 
active man over the inner passive man and a victory of reason over belief nation state is gradually yielding its sovereignty further progress will require greater american sacrifices more intensive efforts to shape a new world monetary structure will have to be undertaken with some consequent risk to presently favorable american positions unquote. graham defends alcohol use in the infamous playboy magazine interview carter said I've looked on a lot of women with lust. I've committed adultery in my heart many times. Carter was also known for using explicitive profanity and cursing when things didn't go his way. Joshua Nicomo, the man who wants to see the death of every white person, was considered a moderate by Jimmy Carter. Carter said that while homosexuality is a sin, he sees nothing wrong with a Christian homosexual being ordained. In 1992, Carter agreed to serve as the Honorary Corps Chairman of the Human Rights Campaign, a homosexual advocacy group. So how does Billy Graham feel about Carter? He writes, I grew to like him as a person and to respect both his intelligence and his genuine and unashamed Christian commitment. He said that Carter was a leader we can trust and follow. Graham also said, a man of faith and sterling integrity he was undoubtedly one of our most diligent presidents persistent and painstaking in his attention to his responsibilities he adds since leaving office mr carter has continued to carry out his responsibilities as a christian unquote quote in 1966 carter had chaired a small crusade built around showing billy's film restless ones after each showing of the film carter himself explained the gospel and invited the audience to the altar in 1973 carter chaired the full-fledged crusade in atlanta and invited billy for an overnight stay at the governor's mansion Unquote. graham then goes on to explain when my plans for another crusade in atlanta in 1994 first began to take shape jimmy carter gladly agreed to serve as the honorary chairman he was on the platform the opening night in october in the new georgia dome and spoke for several minutes to the audience as just mentioned carter gave the invitation every night for people to come to christ to receive christ during Graham's 1966 evangelistic outreach in Americus, Georgia, yet Carter says he wasn't even saved until 1967. When Carter was criticized for drinking highballs, Graham went to his defense. He said, I do not believe the Bible teaches totalism. I can't believe that. Quote, not only Graham not only continued to defend and repeat his earlier statement, but acknowledged that he used alcohol himself from time to time and that he knew something of its effects. Once in a while, I'll have a sip of wine before I go to bed, he told a reporter. I only have to drink a little wine and my mind becomes foggy and I don't like it. After all, a clear mind is what I have been striving for all my life, unquote. Now we can see why Graham defended Carter's use of alcohol. The Bible, however, warns, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, 
when it giveth his color in the cup when it moveth itself aright at the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder proverbs chapter 23 31 through 32 graham has even attended cocktail parties given for the hollywood stars the most notable have been given by richard nixon at his san clement home on sunday evening while church services were in progress in the area Gag Hammerskold. Before moving on to another topic, I think it would be profitable to look at one more of Billy Graham's friends. His name, his name is Dag Hammerskold. Hammerskold, a speaker at the 1954 World Council of Churches Assembly, was the second Secretary General of the United Nations. He was a Swedish socialist who openly pushed communist policies. At the age of 30, Hammerskold became undersecretary of the Swedish Ministry of Finance. At the ministry, he worked under the Fabian socialist economist Ernest Wigforce, whom he once said he considered his second father. Sweden has long been the leading socialist state of Western Europe, taxing its citizens at a 75% rate. In spite of his socialist inclination, he was a mystic who also believed that the world needed a spiritual rebirth. He said, quote, We can only succeed in achieving world peace if there is a spiritual renaissance on this planet. Unquote. Two New Agers, Corrine McLaughlin and Gordon Davidson, tells us that Hammerskold was instrumental in redesigning the UN Meditation Room. The room is a place of quiet stillness and has been referred to as one of the holiest of holies on the planet. It is the focus for the energies of a uniform, unified planet and humanity, and for right relations among all kingdoms of life. When Gordon worked for the UN for four years with World Goodwill, an NGO there, he meditated daily in this room and experienced a very powerful energy helping to support the synthesis of nations and the emerge of the soul of humanity, unquote. This meditation room came into existence through the efforts of the layman's movement for a Christian world. Although this may sound like a Christian group, we need to remember that some of the speakers of this group have included New Age occultist Norman Cousins, Ralph Bunch, William Ernest Hocking, Frank P. Graham, Kirtland F. Mather of Harvard. One researcher notes that all of the speakers just mentioned have communist front records. Gandhi Rockefeller Jr. was a big supporter of this group from its inception and gave yearly grants for many years. Dr. Robert W. Laidlaw was active in this group, yet he was also a trustee of the American Society for Physical Research with a special interest in mediumship. He's a director of SIECUS and a director of the Association for Voluntary Sterilization. He spoke at an abortion conference in 1955 where he likened abortion surgery to operating on a ruptured appendix. He was also with the Temple of Understanding. Others involved in the layman's movement for a Christian world were Frank P. Graham, J.C. Penney, Frank Lombach, and Warren Austin. 
Briefly, Frank P. Graham was a vice president of the League for Industrial Democracy, which is the powerhouse for the Fabian Socialist in the United States. He is a former U.S. Senator from North Carolina and former president of the University of North Carolina. He was also a speaker at the NCC Study Conference on Churches and the World Order. J.C. Penney was a 33rd degree Mason. Frank Lombach was a Mason. In his book on prayer, he wrote, While on a train or bus, fancy your spirit walking over to others and touching them on the shoulder. Hmm. Another book was titled Letters of a Modern Mystic. He was a Union Theological Seminary graduate. UTS will be covered in the next chapter. Lombach was also a Wainwright House affiliate. The Temple of Understanding has its executive offices at the Wainwright House, which is where most of the high-level plotting for pantheism and synchronism takes place. With the Wainwright House is a participating organization with a planetary initiative for the world we choose, as well as a supporting endorsing organization with the New Age Chinook Learning Center. New Ager Daniel Martin is the director of the Institute for Global Issues at Wainwright House in Rye, New York. When the Layman's Movement for a Christian World, LMCW, quote, first sought to secure Wainwright House for its headquarters in 1951, John D. Rockefeller Jr. gave $5,000 of the 25000 needed. When the Friends of the Meditation Room agreed to raise 15000 to pay for the redecoration of the room, John D. Rockefeller Jr. gave 5000 of the amount sought. Dak Hammerskold personally raised under another 10000 from the Marshall Field family for the cost of the fresco in the room. Wainwright House has its own meditation room on its second floor. The room contains the Agaba wood altar first used in the UN meditation room and the cherry wood chairs and drapes from that room presented to the friends by the UN in 1957. The Wainwright House also contains a large library centered around the Thomas Sergru Memorial Library, a $1,600 collection of books on religion and occultism, where one may read up on spiritualism, Zen, Taoism, Yoga, Judaism, etc. Incidentally, Leighton Ford, why do I do that? <laughs> Billy Graham's brother-in-law led a devotional retreat for the Billy Graham team at the Wainwright House. Warren Austin with the LMCW, was a Mason, U.S. representative to the United Nations and a U.S. senator. He said that, quote, All of us today need, for the far vision in the world affairs, we need, we must look for, let's see, let me, I get all mixed up here. Okay, quote, All of us today need the far vision in world affairs. We must look far ahead to our final goal of world peace under law that introduces world federation. World government could not be accepted without radical change of national outlook. It will take long time to prepare peoples and governments of most nations for acceptance and participation in a world government. If we expect this future world government to be created by agreement and not by force or conquest, we will have to be willing to work patiently 
until peoples of governments are ready for it, unquote. Obviously, there was nothing Christian about the LMCW. Alan Morris writes, Morrison writes, quote, In case readers may be wondering what kind of spirituality Dag Hammarskjöld advocated, a leaflet about the United Nations Meditation Room, written under the direction of Mr. Hammarskjöld, stated that the eerie lodge stone altar within it is dedicated to the God whom man worships under many names and in many forms, unquote. What did the United Nations Meditation Room, the Egyptian Pyramids, and the Temple of Understanding, and the Prayer Room in the United States Capitol have in common with the Great Seal of the United States? The all-seeing eye of Lucifer, of course. Wow. For more information on the all-seeing eye, see my book entitled Masonic and Occult Symbols Illustrated, which I got that book, by the way. <clears throat> Satan's Trapezoid. X Mars gives some detail about the meditation room, which was redesigned by Hammond School. Perhaps the best way to comprehend what all the what the all-seeing eye represents is to examine the architecture of the meditation room of the United Nations building in New York City. The meditation room is shaped as a pyramid without the capstone. Inside the room is dimly lit, but coming from the ceiling is a narrow but concentrated pinpoint beam of light which radiates down to a bleak stone altar. On the wall straight ahead is a breathtaking modernistic mural that is dynamically endowed with occult symbolism containing 27 triangles in various configurations, a mixture of black and white colored background, and a snake-like vertical line. At the center is the all-seeing eye, which grips the millions of annual UN visitors with its stark, beckoning image of suspicion and omnipresence." Unquote. The meditation room faces north, northeast. To enter the room, one must proceed from darkness to light. Another familiar with masonry should recognize the implication of this. For more information on masonry, see my book, Hidden Secrets of Masonry. I have that one too. Yeah. A pyramid, <clears throat> a pyramid without a capstone results in a shape which is called a trapezoid. The trapezoid has long been regarded by occultists as the most satanic of shapes, especially adapted to enhance demonic manifestation. Indeed, the middle order of the Satanic Brotherhood is called the Order of the Trapezoid. Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, refers to an occult principle known as the Law of the Trapezoid. His writings underscore the existence of a magical science of geometric angles and spaces, which is very prevalent in the mural in the meditation room. LaVey says architecture can enhance an evil spiritual atmosphere. Bottom line of all this is that the consummate architectural form of the Satan worshiper is the trapezoid, and that he believes that this shape will create a spiritual cloud chamber of sorts across which he may track the hoof prints of the demons he wishes to invoke. It is believed to be the perfect atmosphere for the manifestation of the unholy and the cursed.
Wow. Satan's Altar. A former witch, David Meyer, saw this room when he visited the United Nations. He wrote, quote, I stood in the meditation room, which contains Satan's Altar. The room was designate, designed by the late Secretary General of the UN, Dag Hammonskold, who said that the black stone monolith, or block, is every man's god. The room is 18 feet wide at the entrance, which in numerology is three sixes. The room is also 33 feet long and tapers inward to form a tr tr truncated pyramid. There is an abstract mural on the front wall, which is full of witchcraft symbols. And in the middle of the room is a black stone block, which weighs exactly 6.5 tons or 13,000 pounds. The black stone block has a certain kind of magnetism about it. And when I walked into the room with my praying wife, I could sense the intense presence of an evil force beyond description. This is where the world leaders and Illuminati masterminds go to meditate, which is why it is open to the public only in the mornings. Once the sun moves from the Antermedirium to postmedirium, only the adept in witchcraft are allowed into that room, for that is witchcraft doctrine regarding meditation. As the sun gives way <clears throat> to waning light and the female power of the moon goddess, the meditation room at the UN becomes off limits, what they call the profane. Unquote. Furthermore, the new ager and former Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations, Robert Mueller, has dedicated one of his books to Dag Hammarskjöld, whom he considered to be his spiritual master. Mueller has said, We must move as quickly as possible to a one-world government, a one-world religion under a one-world leader. He has also stated, My great personal dream is to get a tremendous alliance between all major religions and the UN. Mueller is an ardent follower of the occultist New Ager Alice Bailey, and he has a spirit guide, which is actually a demon, by the name of Dewal Kool, also known as the Tibetan. This is the same spirit guide that directed Bailey to write many of her own occultic Mueller refers to himself as a humanist and is one of the editorial advisors of the New Ager's Marilyn Ferguson, Brain Mind Bulletin. He is also on the advisory boards of the Center for Attitudinal Healing, another New Age organization, the Institute for Educational Studies, and the Temple of Understanding, where he is listed as one of the founding friends. He is on the board of trustees of the Global Education Associates. Mueller also is on the board of directors of Planetary Citizens and was one of the co-founders of this group, as well as a board member of the Planetary Initiative for the World We Choose, another New Age group. Moreover, Mueller has encouraged the work of Benjamin Cream. You're kidding me of the Terra Center, which has placed ads in leading newspapers of the world proclaiming, Christ is now here. Mueller, like Hammerskold, speaks of spirituality, but it has nothing to do with Christianity. 
one of Mueller's speeches, he claimed, we need a world of cosmic spirituality. Religious leaders will get together to define before the end of this century the cosmic laws which are common to all faiths. They should tell the politicians what the cosmic laws are, what God or gods or the cosmos are expecting from humans. Interestingly, the Luciferian organization, Lucis Trust, which was originally named Lucifer Publishing Company, publishes the works of the occultist Alice Bailey. They have also maintained this United Nations meditation room, which was redesigned by Dag Hammerskold. Graham and Hammerskold. So what does Billy Graham think of Hammerskold? He writes in his autobiography, Just As I Am, Quote, in the 1950s, I was in New York City. I would occasionally slip by to visit Dag Hammerskold, Secretary General of the United Nations, and have prayer with him. He was a very thoughtful, if lonely, man who was trying to make a difference for world peace in large part of his Christian convictions, unquote. How can Graham call a New Age mystic and a socialist a Christian? Of course, this is just one more person in a long list of communists, socialists, and liberals that Graham has referred to as Christian. Where is his spiritual discernment? There is also another interesting connection with Mueller, the man who dedicated a book to Hammer and Skull. Al Dagger writes, quote, Robert Mueller was a mentor of J. Gary, a major link between the New Age teachings of Mueller and today's neo-evangelical leaders. Quote, Gary is the founder of the Global Office, with, which, in the, which is the parent organization of Bimala Elenal Global Intera International no, Interaction Network. Begin. B-E-G-I-N, whose letterhead bore the name of Robert Mueller. Gary called Mueller a key person in that organization by millennial plans, unquote. A videotape entitled The Power of A.D. 2000, distributed by Adoptive People in Colorado Springs, Colorado, features J. Gary. On this video, which is, was a presentation to a live audience of Christian leaders, Gary recommends some astonishing books. One of the books recommended was The Reimagination of the World, written by David Spangler and William Irwin Thomas. Gary declares, quote, This book called Reimagination of the World might as well have been entitled The New Age is Dead, Long Live the New Age. Huh. Because these are written by veteran and pioneer New Agers who are looking now at the year 2000 and the New Age movement, reflecting on it after 20 years or more. And more history than that, not as just a mystical experience, but as a metaphor for understanding personal transformation and societal transformation, particularly in the dawn of the year 2000. This is subtitled A Critique of the New Age Science and Popular Culture, and it is one of the best, unquote. Lucifer and Christ. If this book is one of the best, it would be a good idea to check it out. So how does Spangler view Christ? He writes, quote, Lucifer and Christ are twin sides of the demogoric power of the manifest universe, unquote. In another of Spangler's books, he states, quote, Lucifer prepares man in all ways for the experience of Christhood. 
and the Christ prepares man for the experience of God. But the light that reveals to us the presence of Christ, the light that reveals to us the path to Christ, comes from Lucifer. He is the light giver. He is aptly named the morning star because it is his light that heralds for man the dawn of a great consciousness. He is present when that dawn is realized. He stands no longer as the tester or the tempter, but as the great initiator, one who hands the soul over to Christ and from the Christ on into ever greater realms. Unquote. Says Spangler, Christ is the same force as Lucifer, but moving in seemingly the opposite direction. In the emergence, the rebirth of the sacred, Spangler reveals that he had a background of psychic mystical experiences during childhood. He has several demonic spirit guides that he contacts. In fact, he has channeled everything from nature spirits to fairies to elves to the Greek god Pan to angels god is it any wonder that the book cover of spangler's book remarks that he has been called the shaman of the new age movement he was also a former student of alice a Bailey, an occultist how does spangler feel about god's word he wrote quote we can take all the scriptures and all the teachings and all the tablets and all the laws and all the marshmallows and have a jolly good bonfire and marshmallow roast because that is all it's worth quote This is the type of person who wrote the book that Jay Geary calls one of the best. Yet Jay Geary is also heavily involved in the evangelical movement. Quote, in 1978, Geary went to serve with Ralph D. Winter's U.S. Center for World Mission, USCWM, in Pasadena, California. It is Jerry J. Geary who developed USCMWM's Perspective Study Program for World Evangelization. Under Gary's headship, the Perspectives course became an electric mix of writings gleaned from extreme ends of the philosophical spectrum. The course became a platform for ecumenism and liberation theology to infiltrate the missions movement of previously evangelical organizations. As we've said, the Perspective program is at the heart of the World Christian Movement's evangelization efforts, being utilized by thousands of churches, Christian educational establishments, and missions organizations worldwide. Unquote. For an extensive report on Jay Geary and his new age occultic connection, see my 40-page article entitled Jay Geary, Millennium Factor. Now listen to what Billy Graham says about Geary's perspectives, of course. Of course. Quote, there is no volume of which I know that will inform, inspire, and motivate Christians for world evangelization like Perspectives Course. It will stretch your mind, warm your heart, and stir your will. Quote. The list doesn't end there. There are many, many other individuals Graham has endorsed as we shall discover in the next chapter. You may be wondering if a man of God can be deceived or have poor judgment. Of course he can. For instance, Joshua was deceived by the Gibeonites' appearance and didn't ask God counsel. See Joshua 9, 14-21. However, when he found out what happened and what the Gibeonites did to deceive him, 
He remedied the situation as much as possible. He didn't continue to make more agreements with them. Billy Graham, on the other hand, has been caught up with the liberal, communistic crowd over and over and over again. When he is told about his connections, he goes right on ignoring the warnings, and he does not try to remedy the situation. Yes, man of God can be deceived, but not time after time after time. And that completes chapter two. Um, hopefully, I'm not sure. Um, I do. I will tell you guys. I'm not positive if I'll be able to do my uh, greetings and stuff tomorrow. I have a pretty impact day. We're going to get right up and we got to go to the store, go to my son's to visit, pick up my grandkids. They're going to come here and spend the night. So I probably will not begin reading again until Sunday evening, possibly. So just let you know that probably tonight and tomorrow it will just be these things. But I love you all so very much. Keep your eyes on Jesus and your nose in the book, which is word of God and embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God and that you will not be deceived. Take everything you hear, prayer, the Father, ask him for discernment, ask him for wisdom. He will not deny you. Love you all.